Guys, I actually have some election integrity information to share with you, and it's actually good news. So, you guys know that's my bread and butter, and I'm pretty jazzed up right now. Now, I want to thank, uh, before we start the show, Jennifer Asper, who sent me this story, and otherwise I never would have caught wind of it. I imagine that the Gateway Pundit and other outlets are going to pick up on this uh, pretty soon, but I think we've got the, well, I think we're, we're probably the first people to report on this, and it's a pretty big deal. So, you guys know Eric, the the uh, voter roll scam that's become notorious in the election integrity movement, is essential to the election fraud apparatus. Uh, it was set up, I, be- I believe, beginning in 2012 under the Obama administration and now manages 32 states, uh, their voter rolls, right? It is, is central centralized control of the voter rolls, and it is absolutely essential to the voter fraud apparatus. Well, the founder of this Eric system, David Becker, who's a Democrat operative, this is his baby, right? Well, he's now decided to resign amidst the public pressure campaign from all the election integrity activists like yourself. So give yourselves a pat on the back. Oh, Fitzcrafter says it froze. Guys, if you're out there, let me know in the chat that you can, uh, you know, everything's fine and it's coming through clear. Hopefully we don't have any issues today. And of course, be sure to smash that like button. So what we have right now is a domino effect of states pulling out of Eric and all of their corruption, which they've been doing in the dark, is now being uh, brought out into the light. And the rats are starting to abandon ship. So this is a pretty big deal. And we're going to get into the details. We're also going to share some new footage from uh, January 6th that shows protesters, including Jacob Chansley, the so-called Q shaman, politely cooperating with Capitol Police officers as they're being escorted out of these Senate chambers. And uh, uh, it, it definitely destroys the Jan 6 insurrection narrative. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the fact that four of the biggest banks have been discovered to have contributed over $60 billion to the BLL movement and other woke causes. And I want to put that into a broader context and talk about why this is. You know, why are these corporate elite uh, rich white bank CEOs and the board of directors donating all this money to a left-wing ideology which is completely diametrically opposed to traditional capitalism. So I want to put that into a broader context and talk about how this all ties into the Great Reset. But first, let's talk about the big story that most of you guys probably came here for. Let's talk about the founder of Eric, David Becker, resigning. So, whoops. <laughs> okay, there's my my pillow ad. We'll get to that one in a second. So here's the thread. David Becker, with a Ukraine flag in his freaking Twitter bio, which tells you everything you need to know. Remember that Eric uh, advertises itself as nonpartisan. And this is literally like, a, you know, the, the Ukraine flag is literally like, if you put that in your bio, we already know who we're talking to, right? A left-wing dipshit. So he says, today I informed Eric State's info that I will not accept renomination as a non-voting member of the board when my term expires this week. I remain very proud of leading the effort to create Eric 
and supporting its expansion to over half the states in a decade. In the last year, efforts by election deniers to attack Eric have ramped up, and lies have been spread about me and the work of election innovation. 26 Republicans and conservatives recently wrote in support of the truth and our bipartisan, nonpartisan work. And of course, one of those people is Brad Raffensperger. The truth is that Eric remains the best tool to keep voters, voter lists accurate and combat voter fraud. In a decade, Eric has helped over 30 states correct 35 million records of voters who had moved, clean 1 million duplicate records, and remove over 500,000 dead voters from the voter lists. Unfortunately, attacks fueled by disinformation by those who want our democracy to fail have led to some states, all Republican-led, to diminish their own ability to maintain election integrity. States that leave Eric will see more dead voters and voters who have moved away on their lists and reduce their ability to detect double voting. As a result, they will likely see longer voting lines, more undeliverable mail, and take longer to count ballots. But despite the efforts of those seeking to weaken democracy, Eric remains a bipartisan success. With over half the states, including states led by Republicans, Democrats, and independent state election boards, these states will retain the tools to maintain accurate lists in 2024, blah, 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 blah. Basically, um, you know, a bunch of lies and a bunch of whining, saying that the reason that he's jumping ship is because of all the disinformation spreaders and the uh, uh, the election deniers, you know, sending threats and blah, 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 whining. You want some cheese with that wine, David Becker, as you sit in your freaking ivory tower, you big fat baby? Look, here's the deal. Eric came under scrutiny after we learned what it was really all about, okay? And everything this guy said is a blatant lie. Uh, you know, we, we, we've learned that they're completely partisan in terms of who's, who's funding them and who's running Eric because, again, the founder, David Becker, is a total Democrat operative, and Eric initially received funding from George Soros' Open Society, which David Becker, in another tweet, completely denies, but we have the receipts, as well as the Pew Research Center, which is another completely partisan group. Um, we also have had investigators look into whether or not what Eric claims to do, whether or not it actually does that. Eric advertises itself as... An easy way to manage voter rolls. You know, it, it, it advertises itself to member states as a way to keep your voter rolls clean. You know, we're going to we're going to go through the data. Uh, we're going to, rem you know, send you curated lists of dead people, people that have moved away. And then you can proceed to remove them from your voter rolls. We'll, we'll do the dirty work and we'll send you lists that you can act upon. Well, what we learned is that Eric <laughs> doesn't do this part at all. Uh, in fact, state I think Alaska was the worst. When they analyzed, you know, the states that are managed by Eric, we saw states that had had, you know, <laughs> like 10 people removed since they joined Eric. And um, on top of that, what they're actually doing is inflating the voter rolls. Because what Eric gets is they get the uh, DMV records, they get all these records sent to them by the member states, and what they do is they go through the records and they find potential voters, people that are not registered but could be registered to vote. And then they create curated lists 
and then send those to the member states and pressure them to register these people to vote. And it's all steeped in total secrecy, right? Uh, I, I would imagine that these lists that they give to inflate the voter rolls are probably leaning a little bit partisan. You know, that they're targeting specific demographics and potential people, you know, that are not registered to vote in a way that would benefit the Democrat Party. And the reason is because the people that are behind Eric, that started Eric, that fund Eric, are all part of the Democrat power regime. <laughs> so it's it's a big scam. And we've learned this, that they're inflating the voter rolls and they're not actually removing anybody. And there's also been some more recent discoveries. Uh, Alabama Secretary of State Wes Allen recently made a visit to the headquarters of Eric, and he found that, you know, strangely, there was actually no Eric headquarters there whatsoever. Now, Eric issued a response and said that everything Eric does is done remotely, which they think is a response to alleviate people's concerns that there's no physical headquarters at the location that they said that the headquarters were, but in reality, this just poses more problems in terms of security. Because this partisan group, which again received funding from George Soros and is was founded by a complete and total Democrat operative, all this data that they're getting, you know, social security numbers, DMV records, all of that is steeped in total secrecy. In fact, we've had elected officials come out and say that even though they're member states of ERIC and they participate in ERIC, they have no idea who's accessing this information. They have absolutely no idea who within ERIC has access to your social security number, your birthday, and all that personal identifying information. And for all we know, it's being shared uh, or it, it's completely unsecure and can be accessed by anybody, especially when we know that Eric operates completely remotely. So there's a lot of reasons to abandon Eric, and those are just a few. And so far, we've had Louisiana and Alabama. They've already officially withdrawn from Eric, and there's many other states considering doing the same. Ohio has uh, said that they're threatening to leave Eric. Texas and Wisconsin... Uh, we also just recently had Florida, Missouri, and West Virginia come out and say that they plan to leave Eric as well, uh, which is uh, a pretty big deal because Florida just joined Eric three and a half years ago under Ron DeSantis, who at the time said, quote, um, where's the quote in my notes? Oh, he said, joining Eric would lead to cleaner and more accurate voter registration roles. So just three and a half years later, Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida have woken up to the fact that Eric doesn't do what it's advertised to do. So people are clearly waking up and realizing the reality of what Eric actually is and what Eric actually does, and states are pulling out. There's a domino effect happening, and it's all because of people like you sounding the alarm, keeping up the pressure, educating people on you know what's going on here and how this all ties into the fraud apparatus and it's forcing action and so we have a domino effect happening and david becker is jumping ship again this is his baby he founded this organization and what this means is one of two things either 
uh, David Becker sees some sort of writing on the wall in terms of Eric is going down and I want to jump ship before that happens or people are going to be held accountable uh, as attorney generals are investigating Eric or he thinks that by abandoning Eric and, and him being one of the main figureheads will actually lend credibility to Eric and maybe potentially salvage it. You know, if people see, oh, David Becker left, I guess maybe Eric isn't so bad now. He's trying to save Eric. I, I I don't know. It could be one of two things. But either way, what this tells me is that what we're doing, in, to some degree, is actually working. Because all these states that are pulling out of Eric, it's, it's causing the decentralization of voter rolls. And as we know, voter rolls are essential to the election fraud. So if states are taking control of their voter rolls, then we can expect that there's going to be more integrity in the voter rolls. So now I I just want you guys to know how significant this is. So David Becker resigning, this guy, he is the executive director of the Center for Election Integrity something, CEIR, right? Which you may have heard of. The CEIR was one of the main organizations right next to the Center for Tech and Civic Life and Mark Zuckerberg in the 2020 election contributing hundreds of millions of dollars with strings attached to the major cities in the swing states. This was David Becker right next to Mark Zuckerberg. So the CEIR, he's the executive director. He helped rig the election in 2020, not just through Eric, but also through all of that money. Okay, on top of that, after the election of 2020, David Becker set up something called the EOLDN, which is the Election Official Legal Defense Network, which was a pro bono legal fund, which uh, David Becker set up to protect people like Ruby Freeman, to protect people that were under scrutiny for rigging the election. He set up a pro bono legal defense fund to help fight uh, you know, uh, protect them from facing any legal accountability for uh, rigging the election. So this, again, is a pretty big deal. Like I said, Eric appears to be on its last legs, at least in some states, in some instances. There's There's people that are waking up to what's really going on, and they're pulling out, and David Becker is jumping ship. So, pat yourselves on the back. Now, I'm not sitting here... I'm not trying to peddle any hopium like like I know Eric uh, is going to replace David Becker with another swamp-ass Democrat operative, but that's not the point. The point is that what we're doing is effective to some degree, okay? Because if we can clean up our voter rolls effectively, we can clean up our elections. I, I I know that sounds crazy, but that's like the main thing. And we have Jay Valentine who I, I played a clip, I think, the other day, who did an interview with the Gateway Pundit and said that what he's been doing is taking public records and comparing the public records you know, uh, to the so-called cur- curated voter rolls of Eric, right? So he's comparing and contrasting public records with Eric and showing elected officials that the voter rolls are actually being bloated and that they're not actually removing anybody from the voter rolls. And so he's going around giving presentations to these people and showing them 
that they need to pull out of Eric. And so uh, this is a pretty big deal. A pretty dang big deal. We see a domino effect. So with that said, we're going to move on to the next story. Please remember to smash that rumble button, baby. And be sure to check out our sponsor, MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Enter promo code Nick, and you can save a ton of money on the best sleep products on the market. Right now, we have an offer going on on the MyPillow 2.0, which the technology in this thing is revolutionary. As I told you guys, my sources say that NASA and the U.S. military are trying to reverse engineer the technology in this pillow and try to figure out how Mike Lindell does it. Because the quality of sleep that people are getting is unheard of with this thing. The, it, it, it's it's crazy and you can right now buy one and get one free and gift it to a loved one i mean what better gift than a good night's sleep to your loved ones and you can save a ton of money by using promo code nick at mypillow.com you can also get the my my mattress topper 2.0 and uh you can you can get the giza dreams bed sheets so i mean how could you refuse such an amazing offer from the great patriot mike lindell while also supporting yours truly, Nickel Bob Crane. Okay, now, let's jump to the next story. So, Chuck... I don't know how to say his last name. Chuck Calesto. Chuck Calesto released a video, which I found very, very interesting. He says, Justin, body cam footage emerges from inside the Senate chamber, rebuking the narrative created by the January 6th committee. Won't see this on CNN. Now, you guys got to see this if you haven't already. So, this includes Jacob Chansley, and it shows the Capitol Police, you know, walking in and saying, okay, time to go, and everybody in the room politely cooperating with the Capitol Police, saying, God bless you, officers. Thank you for your service. We're on your side, and thanks for your patience as as they were escorted out of the building without the officers having to lay a single hand on anybody, which completely shatters the Jan 6 committee's narrative that these are a bunch of violent insurrectionists that were attempting to overthrow the government. So, I'm going to go ahead and full screen this, and I'm going to turn the volume all the way up for you guys. Make sure to smash the like button, and we're going to go ahead and click play. Church. Thank you guys. I'm 
We gotta send him out there. Oh, Okay, so the rest is just Jacob Chansley yelling through a bullhorn, freedom, as he's escorted out of the Senate chamber. So you guys get the point. Uh, And I saw in the chat, somebody said that this video has been available since like the day after January 6th. Well, here's the thing. That may be true. But personally, it's the first time that I've seen it. So as people um, are starting to pay more attention due to the coverage from Tucker Carlson, Uh, destroying the January 6th narrative with all these new videos, a lot of the old videos are re-emerging and becoming relevant again, and it's further waking people up. You know, like, if I haven't seen this video, then chances are a lot of other people haven't seen this video. And it really just drives it home that uh, what happened on January 6th was completely, completely different than what the Jan 6th committee tried to portray. They tried to tell us that this was worse than 9-11, Worse than Pearl Harbor. And what we're finding out, I mean, and yes, pretty much all of us knew this in, in in a general sense. But now we're seeing video evidence that they escorted them inside, allowed them to take selfies and sightsee. Jacob Chansley was escorted around by Capitol Police officers who tried to open doors for him. Then, after they escorted them out of the building... And they politely cooperated, thanked them for their service, said, we're on your side. God bless you, officers. Thanks for allowing us to take selfies and sightsee the Capitol. Then a week later, they get arrested for trespassing. And people can see that what happened is entrapment. We also had the video footage of Jacob Chansley walking through the front door like he didn't break in. So the fact that they've tried to portray this guy, Jacob Chansley, as the ringleader. He was the Q shaman that was behind the insurrection. He incited it. It's all falling apart for them, and I think this stuff is important whether or not you know some of you guys have seen it or not. So I just wanted to play that little clip there, and uh, you know, now let's move on to, I think, uh, probably the biggest story here, because I, I, I want to I cover this, and I want to put it into a much broader context, and I really want to explain something That's very important for people to understand here. So, the Gateway Pundit reports that amid a banking crisis with the segment rated negative, four banks awarded over $60 billion to the BLM movement. So recently we learned, you know, that the Silicon Valley Bank, which recently collapsed, along with Signature Bank, uh, you know, they collapsed because they were way over leveraged in government bonds and the tech industry without the cash reserves to cover depositors that wanted to make withdrawals. And we learned that these banks, particularly the SVB, gave $73 million to BLM and other woke causes. And they were actually giving educational seminars on using the proper pronouns for LGBTQ people, right? So it's it, it comes as no surprise that a financial institution that's more worried about funding domestic terrorism and using the proper pronouns, right, that they would they would make uh, bad investments and not see the writing on the wall that the Federal Reserve would hike interest rates and end up in this situation, right? Well, 
like you know this is a this is a a much broader issue than I think people realize. You know, as the old saying goes, "Go woke and go broke," right? And traditionally, that's been the case. But in this case, as we see, Biden has decided to bail them out. Uh, it appears that the actually the opposite is the case. You know, the new saying should be "Go woke." And get preferential treatment from the regime, because that's what we're seeing. You know, of course, the Biden administration, the same one that tells us we need to tax the rich, steps in on a moment's notice to bail out a financial institution because they completely align with the Democrats' Marxist agenda. And that's the kind of thing that we should expect uh, that, that that's, you know, we're going to come to see over and over again as this This is inevitably going to continue to happen. And the reason, I don't think, is widely understood by the general public, okay? So, talking about this in a broader context, now we learn that the four biggest banks have contributed something like $60 billion to BLM and related causes over the past few years. Okay, so we're talking about J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America... Goldman Sachs and I believe Wells Fargo is is up there on this list as well. These four banks donated more than 60 billion to BLM and it's not just BLM it's it's all the woke causes. And uh and it has you wondering why the banking segment would be involved in such a thing, right? And I think a lot of you guys can guess where this is headed. And if you guessed ESG, well, of course you're correct. And if you don't know what ESG is, well, it's it's the Great Reset, right? It's part of the Great Reset. And as we know, the Great Reset is in full swing, which is 100% driven by the World Economic Forum. So I want to make a point here, right? As you see these financial institutions, which again are headed by a bunch of rich white billionaires who don't give a shit about civil rights and equality and equity and you know they don't they don't give a shit about any of that anybody who thinks they do is a complete and total idiot okay so why would these financial institutions be involved in such behavior and so let's go to google and let's see uh let's let's just type in wells fargo shareholders and you can see my history i've already done this but okay so who's the biggest shareholders of wells fargo the Vanguard Group, and BlackRock. They're the top two. Now let's go and look at J.P. Morgan Chase. And, of course, Vanguard, BlackRock, okay? Uh, Bank of America. Let's do Bank of America, and that's, then let's move on. Bank of America. Bank of America is the, the, the biggest shareholders, again, are Vanguard and BlackRock. So what does all this mean? Well, uh, who's the CEO of BlackRock? Well, let's remember it's Larry Fink, member of the World Economic Forum. Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock. Larry Fink. Okay, so you see this guy? This guy right here. Larry Fink, World Economic Forum. Uh, yeah. Okay, so so as you can see, I'm not just making this stuff up. Larry Fink is a member of of the World Economic Forum. Okay, so how does this all tie together? Why are these major financial institutions virtue signaling for left-wing causes and funding things like BLM and, you know, the LGBTQ crap? Um, 
because of course they don't care about any of that. They don't they don't give a shit about that. So what's really going on here? I want you to understand for a second. Um, what's really going on here is these people are intentionally driving an ideology, which is it's it's basically you know people say that we're headed for communism, but we're not. If you really research the Great Reset and what it what it is, this whole concept of stakeholder capitalism, it is much worse than communism, and it's much worse than fascism. It is basically a bastardized combination of the worst parts of both. And the reason that these people are driving this ESG woke BS is because they're the ones that are going to profit in the end. They're the ones that are going to be... They're going to have a seat at the throne in the New World Order, so to speak. Because while the other small and medium-sized businesses fall, due to the you know ever-increasing collaboration between major corporations and government and the increasing regulations, which they can't seem to uh, function under because they don't have armies of lawyers and the resources like you know Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan do... You know what, what? What's going to happen is the big, the big uh, financial institutions are going to thrive, while the small businesses, which employ forty-eight percent of the the population, are going to go under. You know, and <laughs> so <coughs> these these major financial institutions, they know that they they get to operate with the security of knowing that if they ever find themselves in trouble, the regime is going to bail them out. All the while, BlackRock, Vanguard, they're investing in only the major financial institutions with a high ESG score. And ESG, again, means in environmental, social justice, and governance, right? So whichever financial institutions put the, the BLM logo on their websites, the, uh, the LGBTQ flag on their websites during Pride Month and uh, invest in you know, the Green New Deal agenda, they're the ones that are going to have the high ESG score, and they're the ones that BlackRock is going to continue to invest in. As long as they comply with the woke agenda, they're going to allow them to flourish. And then eventually what you have in in the future, as the small businesses, the medium-sized businesses collapse, eventually you have uh, massive consolidation. The, the big institutions gobble up the small ones, and then what you're left with is a giant handful of corporations that are completely in bed with government. And what they're going to be doing is tracking your every move, all of your purchases. You know, if you if you go out and purchase a gun, they're going to put you on, they're going to have you on a list, right? They're going to track everything that you do, all of your purchases, and they're going to be uh, monitoring you and what you post on social media what kind of businesses you're invested in you know and, and they and they're going to wield the power to freeze your bank accounts at the touch of a button and they're going to uh refuse to give you a loan if you step out of line it's already happening this is already happening we just talked about ESG scoring uh you know at the corporate level but it's already happening at the personal level already this is not uh, this is not like something that's coming in the future it's all ready happening and the only way that they can uh exercise this level of power is if you don't have any alternative if you can't just 
take your money out of the major financial institution and put it into a, a smaller bank or a credit union or something like that. So they're, 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 they're trying to destroy the small businesses. And they're trying to consolidate power and get in bed with government because they know that um, they are going to be the ones that flourish and are, you know, they, they get the seat at the top in the end. So these banks and major corporations that you see funding all this ESG woke bullshit, it's because they know as long as they go along with the regime, they're going to be, uh, you know, part of the new world order. So it's either get get with the program or you go down with the rest of them. And they know this. Okay, they're all in bed together. This is this is what's this is what's coming. And it's also let's not ignore the other thing is that it's also money laundering. Okay? Because when these big uh banks they fund BLM and Antifa and all, you know, all these uh, woke causes, then what ends up happening is those causes help get Democrats and rhinos elected by, you know, like BLM and happy faces getting out the vote and, you know, harvesting ballots and getting these people elected. And when they do that, when the the big banks help get the Democrats elected, uh, then they know that if shit ever hits the fan, then they're going to get bailed out. So it's it's an insurance policy, right? They know that they're going to get bailed out as long as they put the right people in charge. So it's it's all a sick, disgusting, sick and twisted system. And I, I just want you guys to understand, because I know it can be confusing. Like, why are these people pumping money into BLM and the LGBTQ crap? What What's going on here? It doesn't make any sense. You know, you would think that these, these people would be complete and total capitalists, not supporting a Marx, Marxist ideology. But that's why. Because stakeholder capitalism, the Great Reset, it is not communism, but a combination of the worst parts of fascism and com- communism combined. So hopefully now you understand. And so, uh, of course, <laughs> I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug Prepare with Nick Most Cedar, baby. You guys, uh, it's never been a better time to get prepared as we uh, you know, inch closer to the Great Reset. Now, I, I do believe we are the resistance and we are winning it on many fronts as we talked about with eric and especially on the information front but that doesn't mean that things probably are going to get worse before they get better and so it's 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 there's never been a better time to prepare so when you go to prepare with nickmoseeder.com baby and the links in the description you can buy yourself a three-month emergency food supply which will supply over 2,000 calories per day it has a 25-year shelf life. It's made in the USA, and it includes free shipping to your door, fast and discreet. And when you buy a three-month emergency food supply, you'll also get an Alexa Pure Pro Water Filtration System, which targets bacteria, chlorine, chlorine, fluoride, heavy metals, lead, pesticides, and other pharmaceuticals. And it is a $279 value included with your three-month emergency food supply. So... Check out preparewithnickmoseeater.com today and get yourself prepared, man. Now, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for watching. And uh, go to nickmoseeter.locals.com, baby, where we're, we're going to put up some exclusive content over there that you can't get anywhere else. Don't forget to smash that rumble button. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow around the same time.
All right, I think uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm trying to get on a schedule here, and right now I'll tell you guys, my goal is Monday through Thursday. I'm trying to work on a set time, but that's really hard for me, okay, because things are constantly moving around at home. But I'm trying to get consistent with a schedule, so we're sticking to Monday through Thursday. I'm I'm right now I'm trying to figure out what works best somewhere between noon and two p.m. Uh, I'm gonna try to lock it down. But right now, just be on the lookout Monday through Thursday, somewhere between noon and 2 p.m. So tomorrow we'll be back (laughs) at one of those times between that two-hour window. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.